painkillers are derived from crude oil, but that could change. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Nearly half of the homes in the United States have PFAS compounds, the so-called forever chemicals, coming out of their faucets, according to a new study by the U.S. Geological Survey. The agency tested water in kitchen sinks across the country, unlike other studies or monitoring programs that focused on water treatment plants or groundwater wells. PFAS chemicals have been used in a wide variety of products, including fast food containers, nonstick cookware, and firefighting foams. They can lead to health risks such as decreased fertility, developmental defects in children, and some cancers. The chemicals get into water when waste or products containing them are disposed of or used on the ground. They can also be released into the air and end up in rivers and lakes. PFOS compounds break down very slowly and can accumulate in human and animal bodies and the environment. The researchers found that the likelihood of PFOS contamination is greater in urban areas than rural. Earlier this year, the EPA started the process to regulate the amount of the compounds in drinking water, and in June, some manufacturers of PFAS, including 3M and DuPont, agreed to multi-billion dollar settlements over pollution claims. Japan's plan to release contaminated water into the ocean from the Fukushima nuclear plant got the go-ahead last week from the country's nuclear regulator. And while many are opposed to the plan, the International Atomic Energy Agency concluded that the discharge, which could go on for decades, is safe. In 2011, the Fukushima plant was shut down after a massive earthquake led to a tsunami with up to 20-foot waves that caused the reactors to start melting down. There are already 1,000 large tanks filled with the contaminated water at the site, enough to fill 500 Olympic-sized pools. The company that runs the plant has been pumping water every day since the disaster to cool the reactors, and now they say there's not enough space to store it. According to the Japanese government, the water will be treated so that most of the radioactive materials are removed, but tritium and carbon-14 will remain. It will be discharged through a one-kilometer tunnel off the coast of Japan into the ocean. Tritium and carbon-14 are radioactive and emit low levels of radiation, but can pose risks if consumed in large quantities. Tritium is already discharged from other nuclear facilities around the world at levels within regulatory standards that are even higher than what is proposed at Fukushima. However, the plan has been met with significant opposition, including from China, the Pacific Islands, and Japanese fishing communities. And despite the South Korean government's support, there's widespread opposition among South Koreans, leading to protests in the streets. While it is unclear when the releases will begin, it could be as early as this summer. In recent weeks, Texas has been trapped under an oppressive heat dome, which occurs when the atmosphere locks in hot air like a lid. Many parts of the state saw temperatures hovering in the triple digits, triggering excessive heat warnings and leading to several deaths. Unfortunately for construction workers or people whose jobs require them to be outside, getting into the shade or sipping water when temperatures soar could become more difficult under a new law. In what critics have dubbed the Death Star Bill, cities and counties will not be allowed to pass regulations intended to protect workers from heat if their local ordinances go beyond state rules. Signed by Republican Governor Greg Abbott in June, the bill is set to go into effect on September 1st. 
It will override local laws that mandate water breaks and time in the shade for people working in areas such as agriculture or oil and gas. Labor groups condemn the legislation as dangerous to public health, and the city of Houston is suing the state, calling the law unconstitutional. Meanwhile, climate scientists project that Texas summers will get hotter as the planet warms, predicting that by the end of the century, the state will have three or four times as many days above 100 degrees Fahrenheit as it has today. And finally, to solve the climate crisis, we need to ditch fossil fuels pronto, not just in transportation, but also in a huge range of products, including pharmaceuticals. Yes, common painkillers like ibuprofen and Tylenol, they're manufactured using chemical precursors derived from crude oil. Scientists from the University of Bath recognize that making drugs derived from fossil fuels is not sustainable and contributes to greenhouse gas emissions. So they came up with a plant-based source, pine trees. The research team developed a method to refine turpentine the conifers produce and used it to make acetaminophen and ibuprofen. Pine trees produce more than 350,000 tons of the compound every year, and it's also a waste product from the paper industry, so there's plenty to go around. The team was also able to synthesize additional precursor chemicals from the turpentine, including ones that are the basis for beta blocker medicines and the asthma inhaler drug salbutamol as well as other compounds used for perfumes and cleaning products. They hope their more sustainable biorefinery approach could replace the need for crude oil in the chemical industry and perhaps make keeping oil in the ground less of a headache. That's it for This Week in Water. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.